Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. In his epistle to the churches of Galatia, the Apostle Paul clarifies the nature of the gospel. He had brought the message of God to them, but it seems like a distortion is being spread among them, and not only them, but also in other places where the gospel had reached. It is essential, crucial to understand the saving message of God in its truth and an apparent simplicity. The, the message of the gospel and the simplicity of the gospel often forms a stumbling block for people. It seems too free. Uh, we want to have our own contribution to make to help our salvation. And this is sort of a dilemma. On the one hand, the Bible is entirely clear that those who know God, fear God, love God, seek eternal life, must have a commitment to righteousness, to truth, to holiness, to live, to living in a way that is pleasing to God. Uh, the Bible never takes away this message. We are called to be holy because God is holy. It is a different question, on the other hand, as to what exactly is the power that saves us and the, the work and the, the deed and the power that saves us from our sin is entirely the work of Christ. So this is a difficult tension to maintain. Paul has been writing in addressing the Galatians uh, to them about the need to keep the gospel pure, otherwise it loses its power and efficacy. And then when we come now to the end of chapter 2, he has already spoken to them of how legalizers, those who really wanted to add the external works of the law, mainly the right of circumcision to the gospel, had come into the church and tried to distort the message, but he had resisted them as everyone who is committed to the gospel ought to resist it. The, the message of salvation is not that believe in Jesus and also do these laws and regulations and keep these observances in order that you may be saved. The law had a place in the life of God's people until Christ came. The Apostle Paul himself grew, grew up and practices religion under this system. In addition to the laws and regulations that God had given to Israel through Moses in the first century, already what later developed into Judaism, today's Judaism, with regulations added to the law of Moses, particularly encoded in the Mishnah, were already operative in the life of pious Jews. Paul himself was a Pharisee. He held to all these additional laws and regulations too. The life was a life entirely controlled and regulated, not only by the teaching of God in God's word, but also the additions to it made by the sages in the centuries before the coming of Christ. So it really prescribed methodically and into great detail what is permissible and what is not. But the main idea 
was really a commitment to observances and activities and rites of certain religious character. And the misunderstanding is that these somehow contributed to salvation. So the Apostle Paul is very clear to say that our own deeds, however religious, do not contribute to our salvation. He sees this whole relationship with the law as along the lines of something as intense and personal as marriage. He speaks of it this way, for example, in uh, his epistle to the Romans. So he speaks of a, a woman and a, a man who are married, husband and wife, being bound to each other as long as the, the other partner is alive. And so was a Jew growing up under the law uh, related to the law. He was or she was married to the law. But he says, when you come to Christ, a death happens and you die to the law and the law doesn't have its <clears throat> control over you or this bond to you. You're not bound to it anymore. So when we come to Galatians chapter 2, verse 19, he comes and makes a similar statement. It says, For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live to God. Going into verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. So Paul says, and this is particularly applicable to Jewish believers who are already under the law and were bound to the law. <clears throat> It is very applicable to him. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He would say elsewhere in Philippians, touching, touching the righteousness which is in the law, which comes from keeping the law, he was blameless. He was obedient to the requirements of the law to the best of his knowledge and understanding. But now says, uh, in Christ, a great transformation has happened. Christ himself says in the Gospels that he came to fulfill the law, not abolish it. He fulfills the law. He meets all the righteous requirements of God, everything required of those who are under the law, by himself, in himself, on their behalf. When our Lord speaks, when Christ speaks to his followers, to his disciples, particularly in uh, we have a long discourse in John's Gospel, chapter 6. He says that he is the source of life. Just like Israel in the Old Testament in the book of Numbers, while they were wandering through the wilderness, God fed them with something that he rained down out of the sky, an extraordinary thing. One might metaphorically speak of it as the bread of heaven, and we know about it as manna. God sustained them for 40 years in the desert with manna. They called it manna. What is this? They didn't know what it was. So it is sort of the bread of heaven God gave to them, which they turned into bread and ate, and it sustained them through all those years. It is, in a way, a foreshadowing of the ultimate life-giving bread that comes from heaven. Christ refers to himself as the true bread, which the Father has brought to us, given to us from heaven. In a sense, our life is in Christ. So he speaks of this intense central role of his own person and work for human salvation into in words that may be difficult for us to stomach. 
he puts it in terms of eating his flesh and drinking his blood. He always, he, he clearly meant that as a metaphor. But the point was that if just as bread sustains our life and is essential for eternal life, Christ is essential and he is the sole provider of that. And eating his flesh and drinking his blood is a metaphor to speak of complete dependence on him, trust in him. And he's in the same passage, he speaks about coming to Christ, which is believing in him. So Jesus is the sole source of life for us. We enter into it by believing in him, by placing our trust in what he has done on our behalf. So when we come to Christ and have received life from him, even for a Jew who was under the law, Paul could say, I am finished with the old. I am dead to that now. I am alive now in Christ. So he died to the law. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. This is again a picture, word picture that we frequently misunderstand. We talk about carrying our own crosses as if we pick up and carry crosses daily and then get to set them down only to pick it up the next day. This is a wrong picture of carrying a cross. The person who is carrying a cross as his burden ends that journey by being nailed to it to be put to death. Carrying the cross has to do with dying at the end. So in a way, even in the Gospels, when it talks about picking up our crosses and following Christ, it is really a willingness, a preparation to die to things that we ought to die to, things which are not pleasing to God. Here, when the Apostle Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, he's saying that I have died. How? In Christ. Christ's death became my death. So he says, I died to the law. When I died with Christ, that old relationship with religion ended. A new relationship now exists through Christ. So, he introduces this with two uh, difficult expressions. He says, through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. So the life under the law in some sense was not the true life of God. This, he compares it, in fact, to a basic form of religion later on when we come move on in the book of Galatians. It is sort of a childhood stage of spirituality. Christ brings us to adulthood, the true stage of freedom and liberty and responsibility. Through Christ's death, the believer also experiences his or her own death when we place our trust in him. And Paul, in regard to his former life under Judaism, as a Pharisee, he says, I died to the law. But he also now has says, this death was through the law, and that is sort of a difficult expression. And we have to kind of wonder uh, and think about it uh, on based on other things that he has said in this connection. In what sense did Paul the, the Pharisee died, die to the law 
through or by means of the law. And there are two ways in which we can understand it. For one, he says that the law brought to him a sense of his own inadequacy. And this is also in Romans chapter 7. One could be a lawkeeper happily going along until one moment one realizes that, boy, I am not truly righteous even when I keep all of this outwardly. The law had a command. For example, in the Ten Commandments, it tells us you shall not covet. Coveting is something very internal. It, is, it springs from inside like jealousy and other thoughts and hatred. We find ourselves often helpless to be able to control it. And when Paul encountered the commandment that said, you shall not covet, he said, I found myself helpless. I found that I needed something more than the law to be right before God. So through the law, he died to the law because first the, the law exposed his own sinfulness. It showed him that he really fell short of the standard or the glory of God. A second way that he died to the law through the law is the fact that the law itself was incapable of saving him. The law showed him that it was helpless. All it could do was like a fault-finding friend or family member who only pointed out your faults, never helped you, didn't lift a hand to aid you to accomplish what they thought and told you that you should be able to accomplish. Um, if a, a child sleeps late and the parent merely criticizes them uh, every morning about how late they sleep, but never suggest anything helpful or provide anything helpful or actually at some stage intervene to wake them up, then that would be a similar situation. The law, in a way, tells us that we fall short, but the laws themselves cannot give us the capacity to do what is necessary. And this is something that the Apostle Paul found out about the law of Moses. Laws have an ability to show us that we fall short. Laws have an ability to show our weakness, but they do not empower us. So through the law, he came to see his own sinfulness and the need for salvation in Christ. And because the law told him of his need and exposed his weakness and sinfulness, he came to Christ in faith when Christ was revealed to him. And in doing so, he died to the law so that he might live to God. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit Emmaus.edu slash partner.